Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another year of Cotton Grower Magazine's Cotton Companion Podcast. I'm Jim Stedman, Senior Editor of Cotton Grower, and the cotton industry is already off to a fast start for 2022. I certainly hope everyone had a chance to slow down a little bit to enjoy the Christmas and New Year's holiday time, because it looks like we're about to hit the ground running. Like many other folks in the industry, I spent the first week of the year in San Antonio for the annual Beltwide Cotton Conferences, and it was great to be able to, to visit face-to-face with old friends, uh, with some Zoom acquaintances, and with some of the bright grad school folks who really and truly represent the future of this industry. Sadly, there were some health concerns, travel restrictions, and, and untimely winter weather in some areas that did keep some familiar faces uh, at home, and they were certainly missed. But we're going to be covering a number of topics from this meeting over the course of the next few weeks and months, but I'd like to share a couple quick observations about a few things we probably need to keep an eye on as this year unfolds. Weather is right now continuing to be dominated by La Nina. It's dry again in the Southwest, with drought issues starting to raise concerns and same for parts of the Southeast. Yet one forecast model that, uh, that I saw indicated that La Nina is starting to weaken, that El Nino may be back in charge by mid spring, which will push some moisture back into the Southwest just in time for planting across most of the region. Quite honestly, it sounds a bit like this time last year. The Farm Bill is gonna be back on the radar screen this year and we could be in for another lingering debate similar to the 2014 bill. Word is that elements of the Build Back Better legislation that's currently in Congress may help address some climate related challenges for ag but those, uh, those challenges or those, uh, that funding is temporary and will end in 2026, just about the time we need to get into uh, to, to the debate. Uh, so experts believe that's going to complicate an already complicated 2023 farm bill process. Supply chain issues are going to get better, but trucking is going to remain the weakest link in the chain for now. Prices are going to remain above 90 cents or more for at least most of the year. The market fundamentals remain strong and demand continues to drive the ship. But on the flip side, the concern over input prices and product availability is real and multiple strategies and programs are being developed. And sustainability now has to be considered a permanent part of cotton production. The US Cotton Trust Protocol is getting its legs under it and it's looking at more ways to streamline the registration process using technology and some new partners to help growers get those application blanks filled in. All in all, it's shaping up as another exciting year for U.S. cotton. And speaking of exciting, I had a chance to sit down with our good friend Gerald Nieper, who's president of True Cotton Commodities, uh, while we were at Wide to discuss his market outlook for cotton this year and also to compare notes on our respective cotton acreage projections for 2022. That discussion's coming up soon. I think you're gonna find it interesting. And by the way, if you're interested in the results of the cotton grower acreage survey, you'll find those numbers in our unscientific rationale online at cottongrower.com and in our January issue. But before we get to Gerald, let's take a quick look at a couple of news items from the cotton headlines. John Deere started the year off by introducing a fully autonomous tractor that's field ready for large scale production and which will be available to farmers later this year. The tractor features six pairs of stereo cameras, which enables 360 degree obstacle detection and distance calculation. 
It also continually checks its position relative to a geofence to make sure it's operating where it's supposed to and is within less than an inch of accuracy. In the field, farmers can use the John Deere Operations Center mobile system to start the machine and monitor its status remotely while you focus on uh, some other tasks. This mobile system provides access to live video, images, data, and metrics, and allows a farmer to adjust speed, depth, and more. So basically, what we, uh, what we all once considered science, fi science fiction is continuing to make its march toward uh, reality. And congratulations to Dr. Stu Duncan from Kansas State University, who was named the 2021 Extension Cotton Specialist of the Year at an awards dinner during the Beltwide Conferences. This annual award, which is voted on by cotton specialists in the 17 states where cotton is grown, is based on multiple factors, including exceptional leadership and outstanding industry service. This award is sponsored by BASF. A lifelong Kansan, Duncan earned his BS, MS, and PhD degrees in agronomy from Kansas State. In his 40 years of service with the university, he's provided leadership for all types of crop production and environmental protection practices and helped develop and grow the state's current cotton production system and affiliated industry, including cottonseed processing and use, cropping systems demonstrations, and research, all that up until his retirement in 2021. So congratulations to Stu on that. And now here's my discussion with Gerald Nieper on the cotton industry outlook and acreage for 2022. Well, as I mentioned, we're sitting in San Antonio for the uh, Beltwide Cotton Conferences. Uh, for the first time in a couple of years, you've, you actually have the opportunity to get a lot of people face-to-face -face on this. And joining us uh, for this episode is Gerald Nieper. He's president of True Cot Commodities in Bakersfield, California, and he's been with us before. So, Gerald, it's always good to get get face-to-face uh, -face again after the disruptions of the last couple of years. And... Yeah, it sure is. It's, it feels good. You know, I'm wearing a... Well, not a suit, but I mean, <laughs> got a sport coat and a tie and, and pants on, and it feels odd because I think this is the first time I've had a tie on in, in two years. I'm beginning to think I can't even remember how to tie a tie at this point. <laughs> and, and it's funny, you know, your your dress shirt sits in the closet for two years, right? And then you go go to put it on, and how does it happen? The, the Just collars, a little tight. The tall the, the, the collar shrinks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, among other things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. among other things. But uh, you made a presentation this morning in the uh, in the cotton economic session, sort of your outlook for 2022. Uh, there's no question we've just sort of ended a, a remarkable year for cotton in 2021. We've had great yields. We've had high prices. But as you mentioned, we do have some challenges that we have to deal with. Uh, as we're heading into this year's production season, we've got high input prices. Uh, there's inflation that's starting to, you know, to rear its its ugly little head at this point. What's driving some of those those challenges? Um, well, I think the big thing right now is you, you still got a lot a lot of uncertainty with the COVID. Right. You know, was it 21 months now we've been dealing with this? An COVID? eternity, it feels like. Yeah. And, you know, there's some glimmer of hope out there that this Omicron virus or variant can help ward off this Delta variant. And maybe, you know, we, we get through this faster than, than, than we think. But it's probably going to be something we're going to have to live with from now on. You yeah. know, you go down and you get your regular flu shot in the, in the, in the fall. 
probably going to need to get your COVID shot too. Mm-hmm. Um, and if if that's the case, fine. You know, that'd be great if we can just get back to to normal. Kids can go to school. You know, you can go into a restaurant without feeling like you have to have a, <laughs> a COVID passport. <laughs> that's right. Know, my vaccination <laughs> passport. Um, the uh, but so I think I think that uncertainty right there is is, is driving a lot of things, and then. And then you've just got, you know, these inflationary pressures. Okay, I, I didn't, you know, one thing that I didn't mention today, other than, the, um, you know, the natural disasters out there, was just, you know, the increase in the minimum wage. Right. So, you know, you got this big increase in the minimum wage, and that's all well and good, but then, okay, I'm willing to pay the workers more, but I'm going to have to raise my price at the restaurant. I'm going to have to raise the price to go out and buy mm-hmm. a T-shirt. And that it just becomes yeah. a dog eat dog thing. And uh, but you know, I I think that's going to settle down a little bit. Mm-hmm. One reason these inflation numbers look so horrible now is because things were so depressed way back in 2020. So you're comparing a price index today with a price index in 2020, and it looks very large because things did go down. I mean, gasoline prices right. went down, blah, blah, blah. So now as you move forward, you're going to start comparing a new inflation number with a more recent one and the base has risen. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not going to look as bad. Um, well, I guess try telling that to a guy who's got to spend $1.3 million to buy a new cotton picker, right? Right. Um, or, or about or, the same price to buy fertilizer. Or yeah, or about the same price to buy fertilizer. Right. That's right. So I, I think the big challenge this year is everybody's got to figure out what it truly is going to cost them to grow their crop, given this 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 big change in, in input prices. Um, you know, as I called around trying to get an idea of what acres might do this next year. You know, you got to. You just had a slew of things out there. Yeah, fertilizer's up. I'll just have to use less, mm-hmm. and I can do. I can get away with sure. less fertilizer to a certain extent. Yes, um, on corn. Uh, yeah, fertilizer is expensive, but you know what? You put the corn in the ground, you throw the fertilizer, and you watch it grow. Mm-hmm. Water and fertilizer—that's all it takes. Yeah, you know, so drive by a cotton field. Yeah, <laughs> drive by a cotton field. Something's always got to be done in a cotton field. Right. Um, the, uh, so guys just don't know what they want to do yet. Mm-hmm. I do think that guys want to plant cotton. They want to plant more cotton if they can make it work. Um, and it, you know, the higher that this price goes, the more acres I've already had guys say, yeah, I'm going to put in an extra thousand acres if we can get up close to a dollar. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And I imagine there'll be a lot of people who are saying that. Uh, so I'm not sure that that answered your question, but well, you know, it, it does because again, you know, I mean, we've obviously just released our acreage survey too, which is as unscientific as it can possibly be, you know, and uh, you know, but but our numbers, and we'll talk about the numbers in just a minute. Our numbers were remarkably similar uh, at this point, so I don't know if if we're just that smart or if we're just you know lucky at this point, but. Um, you mentioned in, in your presentation, you think prices right now are kind of sitting in a comfortable zone for, you know, for cotton. Right, for, for new crop. For new crop. Uh, what has to happen 
to kind of keep that in that zone or is, is there any factor out there that might see it bump a little bit higher that'll take take some of that doubt out of growers' minds in terms of planting? Well, I think we're in a comfortable zone right now, a comfortable zone of support and resistance. Mm-hmm. There's support at 89 cents, there's support, there's resistance at 95 cents. Um, so I think we're going to just bump along in there. I do think, though, that there's a, I've got a technical target. It's not a it's not an exact science, you know, sort of like trying to take a, an acreage survey. Right. But I've got a, a target of around 98 cents on, on December. When it can get there, I don't know. But I think it'll happen probably if it's going to go, if it's going to do that, it's going to do it this spring. Mm-hmm. And a, a target zone, if you will, of 98 cents to a dollar four. Um, I think to get up there, though, you're going to have to start seeing some problems with the crop. Right. You know, doesn't rain in West Texas at all. Mm-hmm. You know, if you maybe you get off to a late start in the Delta, um, or you know, weather problems in in the East right now, um, or there could be weather problems. Um, it, who knows what? Yeah, I mean, we 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 appear to be heading to, heading yes. heading into this year to start exactly the same way we did last year. And, you know, with, with dry in the southwest and, you know, probably wet and damp in the mid-south and, you know, and the southeast can, can go from drought to waterlogged in, you know, in two days. So, uh, you know, it's it's going to be an interesting, interesting start on it for sure. Uh, let's talk about the world situation a little bit. You, you kind of threw some world numbers out in terms of production and consumption and ending stocks and and things like that. Where do we stand in terms of, of the world situation compared compared I, to the U.S.? The um, you know, if you look at my production number for the U.S., I was actually down a little bit from mm-hmm. this last year. Seven, I'm at seventeen point, you know, just seven, just over seventeen point eight. Um, I kind of think that you know it's going to be. It, if it's anything, it's going to be low. You know, we probably. We could probably get up closer to eighteen and a half to nineteen mm-hmm. if if some things click right. Uh, the world I've got it at one hundred twenty-two million bales for next year versus one twenty-one point six for this year. Right. I don't see a lot of change. Yeah, I see some increase in area, but the world had a record yield in two mm-hmm. thousand twenty-one. And generally, when you have a record yield, that's followed by you know a little dip. A little dip. Yeah. Uh, primarily because you start bringing in you know more marginal acres because you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't see a big increase in, in world production for this next year. Uh, world, you know, uh, world consumption is going to increase. I think along with trend, probably be close to 125 million bales mm-hmm. for this next year. Um, you know, trend is running about a 1.3 million bales a year on, on the upside. Uh, so and that's that's pretty healthy. Um, what the inflation has done, it has put a lot of money in people's pockets. I right. mean, mm-hmm. you know, whether, you know, you've had some inflationary impacts from, from weather this last year, not just for cotton, but it impacted a number of things. But the government's also stuck just a load of liquidity. Mm-hmm. You know, we're floating around in a sea of liquidity, which means people have money to spend if they can find something to spend it on. Right. And, uh, um, uh, that's one reason we've got these supply chain problems. Everybody's trying to get their goods here so they can get get their hands on some of that dough. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and we just can't get the the supply chain or any other part of the economy that involves humans at this point staffed back up to the point where we were before uh, before the world shut down. Right on it, and that's you know it, that's it's getting better, but it's going to take some time to get there. And you know you look at. Um you know, just look at the number of flights that are getting canceled right now because mm-hmm. all of a sudden people are coming down with this, you know, the new variant. Right. You know, it doesn't matter if you're already uh, uh, vaccinated or not. I mean, thank goodness, you know, thank goodness if you are vaccinated because, you know, you're probably only going to be down for a couple of days instead of maybe two weeks, mm-hmm. you know. But but this, this variant is much more transmissible. And uh, so, I mean, it's just playing havoc with, with the airlines. Um, I've... I, I was, I was thinking I was going to be lucky if I even got here, mm-hmm. you know, be, because of that. Um, but uh, the, um, the, you know, the world is, things will straighten out over time. Yes. It's just going to take a while. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, like we've talked about growers right now, and it, it's not just growers, but I think the whole industry right now is just kind of holding their breath, waiting to see. They're looking for those signs, the positive signs on, on moving ahead, uh, you know, and, and heading into this year. So, uh, And, you know, some of the inflation is caused by, yeah, well, you know, the chemical guys out there and the fertilizer guys, they see what sort of prices these growers are getting. Mm-hmm. So why not put a little bit more? <laughs> why, why not raise prices? Now they, I'm sure they've got some legitimate reasons. There are some legitimate shortages out shortages there. Shortages out yes. there, but also, I think they know how to play that fiddle too. Yeah. Well, that's you know, uh, grower, they get accused of doing that every year. Yeah, I think I, they do. That's they part, do. That's just part of the territory. Yeah. But speaking of the territory, you put out an acreage number based on uh, on the things that you know as a learned economist. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> Give me your number, and we're going to compare some notes here. Okay. Let's see here. All right. So I'm at 17, or I'm at 12.48 million acres for 2022. Okay. Um, in the southeast, I'm up 8%, 2.5 million. Mm-hmm. In uh, the mid south, I'm up 11.7 percent at 1.81 million. Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, I'm up 12.3 percent at 7.8 million acres. Okay. Far west upland, I'm down 14.4 percent at 155,000. And Pima acres, I'm up 68,000. Or sixty-eight percent to two hundred and ten thousand acres. Okay. So, upland acres twelve point two seven zero, Pima acres two hundred and ten thousand. Okay. Well, you, considering you're based in California, you have the advantage. You can break those acres out separately. Okay. You know, uh, from my perspective, cotton is cotton for this for this survey. So, uh, our numbers. For the, for the survey, and again, this is based on a lot of interviews and uh, a quick electronic survey that, that we did with our readership uh, and some other folks that, uh, that, that quite honestly are a lot smarter than I am on it. Uh, we're saying that acreage is gonna be at 12.5 million acres, 
in the southeast, I think we're pretty much right on target with each other. I've got just a shade over 2.5 million total. Okay. About an 8.3% increase. <clears throat> In the Mid-South, um, I've got just a shade over 2 million acres. Uh, that's about a, almost a 17% increase. And a lot of that is due to some anticipated significant growth in Louisiana that we were we're starting to get input from from folks on they I think their acres for the last couple of years have been down I think they're they're projecting they're going to come back in a big way in the southeast uh, I've got 7.6 you mean million southwest acres. southwest yes excuse okay. me okay southwest 7.6 million uh, that's up I think about for a little over four percent from last year and in the west uh, and again, this is both Upland and, and, and Pima. I've got about 333,000 total. Acres, okay. Uh, right around 5%. And so that's where we, you know, you were, you were down 200,000 in the Southwest, mm -hmm. uh, but up 200,000 in, in the, uh, down 200,000 from my number in the Southwest, but up 200,000 in the Delta. That's why we're almost the same. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. And the answer is we're both right or we're both wrong. I, you know, <laughs> I suspect we're going to both be wrong, much, much more wrong than we care to admit. Well, later. you know, and, and, I, and I think this is always the fun part because we're always, we're always the first number out the gate to start the year. And National Cotton Council is doing probably starting their survey work right now, and they'll give us their number at their annual meeting here in mid-February. Uh, and that's going to be a much more scientific number and what we're dealing with. And then USDA will start working on their planting intentions number that we'll probably see around the end of March. So uh, I, I really look forward to seeing what those numbers are. I, I never go, do you ever go back and compare your numbers yep. with the, with USDA? We were, numbers? I do, I do. What I, what I, but what I compared ours with last year, I think last year we were at just around 11.6 million. And then I compare it to the planted acres report that USDA comes out with the end of June. And that's what we always base our comparison with going into this year. And USDA's number at that point was 11.7. So I felt reasonably good. Yeah, it's about like comparing, that. it's like picking up a Powerball, right? And comparing yeah. those numbers with the real numbers. Right. You're going back, oh, I got one. I got close. Yeah, I almost got <laughs> yeah, except, except there's no multi million dollar yeah, prize no. attached to this, you know, unfortunately. But uh, no, it's, it's always fun this time of year to just kind of sit back and, and you know, play devil's advocate or, or you know, put on your, uh, for, those, for those people who remember, you know, Johnny Carson and Tonight Show, the Karnak. Had, yeah. you know, to uh, you know, to try to cipher what uh, what you think it's going to be. So we'll we'll see how it all works out. Um, Gerald, I appreciate your time. Uh, as always, it's great to see you. Great to uh, to get together again. And uh, uh, you've got a lot of things to do before you leave San Antonio, and uh, and I've still got more sessions to sit in on. So thank you, Jim. I appreciate it. Anytime. Enjoyed it today. All right. Thank you. Bye. And that's it for the first 2022 episode of the Cotton Companion podcast. A special thanks again to Gerald Nieper for joining me, and as always to you, dear listeners, for joining us. If you like what you hear on the Cotton Companion, please be sure to spread the word and tell your farmer friends about this podcast. Here's where and how they can find us. You can find the Cotton Companion in three easy ways. 
First, go to cottongrower.com forward slash companion or simply click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. Second, subscribe to our channel on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts these days. And three, sign up for our weekly e-newsletter, The Cotton Grower E-News, that's delivered to your email inbox every Tuesday morning. You can do that by going to cottongrower.com forward slash subscribe. Also, be sure to follow Cotton Grower on social media. We are at Cotton Grower Mag on Twitter. And on Facebook, you'll find us by searching for Cotton Grower Magazine. If you've missed any episodes of The Cotton Companion or want to listen to them again, you'll find them archived at cottongrower.com at the podcast tab. Cotton Companion podcast is produced twice monthly by Tyler Hatch and Kim Henderson, our talented colleagues, world headquarters for Meister Media Worldwide in lovely Willoughby, Ohio. My name's Jim Stedman, and I'll be back with you in two weeks with the next episode of The Cotton Companion. Until then, let's all get ready and stay safe. Yeah, he works and he works and he works and he works all day. God.